Okay. Brian. Brian, I have one question and one question alone. Uh-oh. We're going to play a little game. Uh-oh. We're going to play a little game. Shag, marry, kill, kill. Oh, God. <laughs> Shag, marry, kill, kill. Yeah, there's, there's four there's options. Gonna four there's got to be. You gotta, I'm, it's just easier to kill two of them. Okay. The Philly Fanatic. Oh, jeez. Gritty. Gritty. Swoop the Eagle. Or Franklin the Dog. These are the these are the Philadelphia sports teams mascots. Oh, God. I need I need justification for each choice. Okay, okay. I need you to uh, I need you to go through the list again. So we're gonna go with the beloved Philly fanatic. Okay. Um, Gri- so- gritty. Yeah. The the newly um, christened mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. Swoop the eagle. Clearly the the uh, mascot for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And then Franklin the dog of the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Um, so, I think... I think Swoop the Eagle would be Shag. Uh, mostly because if I was a bird, I think I would probably really want to Shag an Eagle. Because I think Eagles are probably <laughs> like the studs of all birds. So, I think that's pretty easy. Um... I think Mary would be the Philly fanatic, uh, just because he's the friendliest thing ever, and I, I say thing because I don't actually know what it is, but I think he would uh, be someone that, that you could easily spend a lot of time with, and uh, I mean the rest of your life with, so Mary, the Philly fanatic, uh, and then, uh, uh, I mean, kill Gritty, because it's, it's I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. I definitely don't want to. What happens when he looks up at you with those big, those big, beautiful googly eyes? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, fly, I, fly, I fall more in the in line with like the. He kind of looks like a meth head version of the Philly fanatic. So I mean, yeah. I don't know if I want to hang out with him ever. To be honest with you. So I think I think he would be a kill. And then Franklin the dog. I really like dogs, and I don't think I want to kill any of them. But that's just how. Process of elimination states that I would, I guess, kill Franklin the dog, which is, I'm sorry to all the dog lovers out there, including myself. But Franklin the dog's got to die. But Franklin <laughs> according, the dog according to Brian. Has got to die. <laughs> it's very easy, very easy uh, for me. I am a little bit different than you. I'm, I'm definitely going Mary Philly fanatic, just yeah. because of that financial security. I mean, the man is been around for a while. The it, the the thing. Yeah. He's not it's, going anywhere fast. Yeah, so I can soon. depend on him for that sort of uh, the secure lifestyle, <laughs> the lifestyle that I've grown accustomed to. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with Shag Gritty, because just look at him. Jesus. <laughs> look at it. That's hit and quit it. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. And then I'm killing both both uh, Smooth Eagle and Franklin Dog because I do not care about either of them. I think killing an eagle is like a it, like that's it's a federal illegal. offense. Illegal. If yeah. I do it in in the U.S., in the US I'll yeah. lure them across the border for that. <laughs> for yeah. that Buffalo Bills uh, Philadelphia Eagle game that takes place at the Sky Dome <laughs> ten years ago. You know, no big deal. Oh, that's uh, yeah. That's that is. I'm. I. That's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to each his own, right? Oh, he put the sauce on him. And Bryce Harper's been tossed. He slams down his bat. All right. Welcome to Sauce and Tossed, your favorite podcast. 
about saucing wings and sports. Yeah. <laughs> I am Smitty. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. And I'm Brian. You can find me on Twitter at BriReed11. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at SauceTossPod. Uh, we've had a couple weeks off. There's We were in the, the very end of the doldrums of summer. Mm-hmm. So sports is back. Yeah. Sports is fully back. NFL uh, is now a quarter of the way through the season. The NBA preseason has started. The NHL regular season starts on Wednesday. Uh, so we're very, very excited to get uh, dive deep, deep into this, the world of sports and everything that goes along with it. So much sports. Baseball playoffs also. Right. Baseball playoffs. We that is also a that. thing. Playoff baseball is the best baseball. So okay. that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, Jimmy Butler, Minnesota Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler. Has demanded a trade. Out of Minnesota, he has one year left on his deal. Yeah, he's a free agent next year. Yeah, but there he was awesome, awesome for the Minnesota Timberwolves after they traded uh, Zach Levine, uh, Bobby, no Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and I think a pick. Yeah, which for I him and Laurie marketing. Yeah, yeah, they traded for him last year, so he spent one year with the Timberwolves. And was very good when he was healthy. I think he played, only played about 60 games. Um, but had him to the playoffs. Like, he came back from injury and was the reason why they made the playoffs. Yeah, and was also their best player in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which is a disappointment for the Minnesota Timberwolves because you really hoped that uh, with a combination of Carl Anthony Towns, possibly the second best, is the second best center in the league? Yeah, Behind probably. Anthony Davis. When and Davis plays center. Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid. He's probably like top five for sure. Maybe <clears> top three. <throat> probably three. But I think they were really hoping that those two would two would mesh. And then Butler also had his own problems with Andrew Wiggins, uh, their other star. Um, basically, the whole the whole time that Butler had spent, like he was awesome on the court, um, but it seemed like he continued to have problems in the dressing room with the team that he was on. It was something that he had problems with uh, with Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade when he was in Chicago with them. Um, do you think that it's do you think that it's pertinent that they trade him? Um, I mean, if, like if the guy wants to go, then I'm a big advocate. Just get rid of him. Don't you don't want to deal with that anymore. I think like it's a it's it's a shame because I mean, even I remember when this when they originally got Jimmy Butler last year. It was it was easy to look at that team on paper and be like, "Holy crap! Is there like how many teams in the league? You can count on one hand the amount of teams that had like a young, great nucleus as good as the Minnesota Timberwolves looked on paper before the start of last year when they got Jimmy Butler." So it was it's a it's a shame in that regard because I guess he just didn't gel with the guys that are there. Um, so I think I would I if I'm if I'm the Timberwolves I trade him I mean he's gonna regardless he's 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 gonna walk uh, because he's a free agent next year he's got ties to L A he's thinking about uh, like the what the four teams he mentioned that he wanted to be traded to were the Clippers um, I think the Knicks and maybe Brooklyn and then uh, also Miami he kind of came out and asked for that because they kind of went after him pretty hard so I don't know. I, I would trade him. I would trade him, get assets. I mean, that team is still good without him. You know, if they can get a, a starting wing in his place and maybe some young guys that, that might help them in the future, that might be a good call. 
Uh, apparently, they're asking for the world for them, which is, you know, a bad way to, to go about it, I think. I would maybe turn down the, uh, the request a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I, I like. I thought I liked Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler just seems like one of those guys that everywhere he goes, there's an issue. You know, like I don't know if. Yeah, I mean, it all came out last year that he was kind of hard on the younger guys because they 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 weren't as committed or dedicated to the game as like veteran players are and all this stuff. And apparently that was all rumors and hearsay or whatever. But clearly he doesn't want to be there. So uh, if I'm if I'm the Timberwolves, I get rid of him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm also on board with getting rid of him, but it, like I don't think it's his fault. Um, like, there's been a lot of people who have like said that he's like cancer in the dressing room. He's had these problems before. He's done this before, kind of a thing. But I, like the problems that he has, or it seems that he has, seem pretty well founded. Like his problem, the problem uh, with Andrew Wiggins that he seems to have, where he's not Wiggins isn't committed to the game and he doesn't try hard enough, are the same um, criticisms that coaches and other players have lodged against Wiggins. So for somebody like Jimmy Butler, who is who has the history that he does, to to be angry at the players around him for not being as driven as he is, I can I can understand. And that might just be a bad place for him to be. I also don't understand why he would have wanted to go to Minnesota in the first place with Thibodeau being there and it kind of just being a, a mild change of scenery from Chicago. Uh, but... I think it is best for him to get out of there and end up on a team that's much more dedicated to winning or trying to win or improve. I think that the way that it sounds like the culture in Miami is, is that sounds like a good place to be um, with the way that uh, like Dwayne Wade's influences on that team. And I understand that Butler's had his problems with Wade before, but uh, that seems to be his biggest problem is, is that the people around him don't try as hard as he does. Or they're not at the same. They're not as committed to winning as he is. And Andrew Wiggins is a is a big problem with that. But like, I I fall like I think he is a cancer at this point because it's just it's too much, you know. And and if let's say he if he was worth the struggle or worth the headache, then Minnesota wouldn't trade him. They would trade guys around him to make the team better, you know. Like you 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 can you have assets that you can move if you want. Jimmy Butler to be the centerpiece of your team. I think that that y- y- maybe in a different situation that might work, but Jimmy Butler's not young, and yeah. the guys that they have committed are probably are maybe not better than Jimmy Butler right now. But Carl Anthony Towns has the potential to be better than Jimmy Butler has, and I don't know if if that's something that you can just let go. Yeah, and I, you, it's much easier to move Butler right now. Like for somebody like. You were risking so much by if you were to decide to keep Butler and move the pieces around him. I know, I know, I, I wouldn't do it myself, but I like I just think that like in the past you can if you look at Kobe Bryant's career with the Lakers, like the guy was probably like clearly more competitive than Jimmy Butler probably ever will be. You know, like that's what Kobe Bryant was most famous for is being the most competitive guy in the room and in, in practice and everything. And yeah, maybe later in his career he started to kind of gel more with his teammates and stuff but he was famous for being like a guy that 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 would like he called out Dwight Howard you know he called out Andrew Bynum like all these guys that were lackadaisical at practice and the Lakers always supported him because they're like he's worth this headache you know but yeah but as soon as Jimmy Butler starts calling him out Chicago's like oh we're trading him and then as soon as Jimmy Butler starts well, no, they, talking up with Minnesota, he's like, oh, we're trading him. Well, no, the problem with the Jimmy Butler thing was is that in, in Chicago, they didn't trade him. They traded 
uh, they got rid of Rondo and they got rid of Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Is what they did. They did try moving the pieces around them, and then at that point they realized that they weren't good enough, so then they had to trade the only asset that was any worth of any value left, which was Butler. Yeah, and they... And they've reset their... They've started their rebuild kind of a thing. And the Timberwolves kind of got fleeced because of it. It looks more and more that way, right? And it's Yeah, like, that's true. I don't know. I, like, I'm not a Jimmy Butler guy anymore. I thought I liked him. I mean, you see all the rumors, too, and it's like... It's obviously it's very similar to the Kawhi Kawhi Leonard situation because they're both in the same kind of contract situation. Um, you know, whoever trades for him isn't sure if he's going to stick around. So is it really worth giving up that many assets or whatever? But to me, like the I don't know, like Jim, there's more of a question mark on Jimmy Butler than there was on Kawhi because Jimmy Butler again, like things have fallen apart on him in the last the, the last two teams he's played on. So it's like with Kawhi, like Kawhi never called out his teammates. Kawhi never... He disrupted the locker room, but only in the sense that his own team was kind of screwing him around, so that's yeah. why the locker room got kind of disrupted. But, like, you couldn't... Ultimately, you couldn't really blame Kawhi for hoping that, you know, or not wanting to play on a leg that he doesn't feel comfortable playing on, right? Like, because yeah. that's his career that's on the line, so you can't really blame him. But, like, Jimmy Butler's just not comfortable playing with guys that don't try as hard as he does. Well, you know, I mean, and that could disrupt, like, if I'm the Raptors, which, again, they've been floated in these trades, and it's like, do I really want to give up a guy like OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam, two guys that are, like, incredible room guys, like, they keep those guys laughing, and, and they're, like, super personable, super fun to be around, and they both play and try really hard, you know, mm-hmm. like, do you really want to disrupt that kind of chemistry for a shot in the dark at Jimmy Butler, you know, it, with his quote unquote background or record being disgruntled in the locker room, you know? I yes, know. I don't I don't think that it would be a smart decision for anybody to trade for Jimmy Butler unless you knew that Jimmy Butler was going to resign there. Or and knew I, that he wasn't gonna be an asshole wherever he goes. Yeah. But I mean he he made it work in Minnesota for <laughs> for a year and he brought them to the playoffs. Yeah. On his by himself pretty much. So, I mean, it kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah. Like, is is on-the-court stuff is fantastic. But it's but the same thing is when you're looking at problems in the Minnesota Timberwolves play in the playoffs, it was never Jimmy Butler was never the problem. It was always the guys that he was calling out for not trying hard enough weren't playing defense, <laughs> which, I don't know, kind of makes it justified. Carl Anthony Towns, terribly defensive. Yeah. Or, sorry, um, like, defensively terrible. Andrew Wiggins. Defensively terrible, yeah. And that was Butler's problem, and it's I don't know. I think it's kind of justified. I think he he's really only been in two situations ever, mm-hmm. and he I mean the one didn't work out. I mean he had to be as much as you can point at the Bulls and say that there was problems there. He had to play with Rajon Rondo, and I don't put anybody put it past anybody to be pissed off at that guy all the time. But that's <laughs> like Rajon Rondo is probably more competitive than Jimmy Butler, so it's like you can't have it both ways, buddy. Yeah, yeah. That's, like you that's gotta fair. you gotta want to work with these guys, and and Dwayne Wade. There's no way Dwayne Wade is as good as he is or as good as he was. I mean, that's definitely been, true. like incredibly competitive. But something too, was so. weird about Wade when he was in Chicago. I mean, yeah. it, it would have been. Well, he's on the he's definitely on the down slope of his career. And yeah, he's so much better Chicago, since he's so gone back to Miami. Um, yeah, he never should have left Miami. He should have always stayed there. Yeah, like that was a really bonehead move by him. But he wanted to play with Jimmy Butler, and then Jimmy Butler. <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. But, it's interesting. Uh, Thibodeau doesn't want to trade him. The owner does want to trade him. Apparently, they've apparently he the owner has advised people to just call him to go around his 
GM and coach. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of playing where you want to play, Kawhi Leonard reports for practice and for the preseason with the Toronto Raptors this mm-hmm. past week. Uh, had a pretty good showing. He looked great in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, it's the preseason. I think I only played 12 minutes or 19 minutes. 19 minutes. 19 minutes, that's what it was. 19 minutes, 12 points. Uh, But he looked good. He looked good. It was really... There was that weird moment where he laughed uh, on media day. In the press conference. And it was the second time... uh, Apparently, it's only the second recorded laugh ever made. (laughs) Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. I I watched some of the media stuff. I uh, watched the basically the highlights from the Toronto Raptors stuff. I loved the. It was really nice to see Masai sitting beside Kawhi mm-hmm. and talking to Ka- to Kawhi and like them openly having conversation like during the question and answer period. Yeah. To, I felt like it sh- it showed that their relationship is fairly close. Yeah. Um, which is uh, really 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 uh, encouraging as far as their chances are to re-sign Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm more excited now than I, I think I have been. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been interesting. It's been a very interesting summer for the for the Toronto Raptors. It's been a very weird summer for the Toronto Raptors. There's a lot of weird things that kind of happened, and or a, a lot of weird things that didn't happen and stuff. Like usually, when a team makes a big acquisition, those guys are introduced to the media like right away, and that didn't happen until actual media day. Um, I don't know. Like the the press conference, I watched the press conference. I liked it, you know, like I liked hearing from Kawhi. Um, I hate that he has this magnifying glass over him now and like this might, like he's just, he's, everything he does is just like, not only is Toronto media being like, oh man, what does that mean? Or what does this mean? Or blah, blah, blah. But like all NBA Twitter is all over him all the time. Like you, I feel bad for that part of things. And I would like, if that kind of stuff stops when he starts playing really well, perfect you know that's what i want because i don't care like there uh, there's a guy on twitter that posted he was he was just like combing raptor the raptors broadcast of the preseason game just looking for moments where Kawhi's on the bench and not talking to anybody or not <laughs> not interacting with any of his teammates and it's like oh my god like first of all he's known these guys for three days you know like he's he's not best buds with anybody yet other than danny green and uh, I think he has a bit of a history with Norm Powell and, and stuff. Like, he knows yeah. Norm Powell, and they hung out when they were younger. So, like, there's a couple of guys who he's going to hang out with and talk and be seen talking to more than a couple other guys. And it's like, that's natural. Have you ever had, you know, been thrust into a new situation, you know, started a new job, whatever. You know, you maybe you sit alone in the lunchroom every once in a while. That stuff is totally fine. And, I mean, Kawhi, like... The press conference was weird and it was awkward and that laugh thing happened and sure, whatever. But the next day after practice, he had a scrum around him and answered questions and was just a normal basketball player, you know? Like, there's nothing... He's not against talking to to anybody in the media. He just doesn't want to be that guy that's standing up on a stage with a spotlight on him and and then have people ask him a billion questions about why he was upset with San Antonio, blah, blah, blah. You know, and can you really blame him for that? No. No, I think the San Antonio thing is done. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to get more questions, many more questions about it. Um, yeah, I hope it doesn't show up again until the San Antonio-Toronto game. You yeah, know? yeah I have a feeling that's sure. what it is. As I, as I listened and, and read things uh, from more of the the NBA, like, uh, newscape, it, it kinda, I kind of got the feeling that everybody's 
maybe not that it's a foregone conclusion that Kawhi is going to resign in Toronto, but it seems more and more likely as time passes. Like there's no, there's, it's no longer speculation. It's not constantly just being people like, where is he going to sign? Like how long? Yeah. He's just biding his time until he can get to LA and that sort of thing. Yeah, they're either the favorite or like the second most likely is what <clears throat> most people are saying. So. Yeah, and I think that that I think that's good for him as far as is the way he seems to act and the way he seems to like things. And I think that's how it's going to be. I think it will calm down, and I think it will calm down even more as soon as the regular season starts. And I don't I don't really think it's going to be a storyline until. You know, if the Raptors find themselves out of a playoff spot very early, or uh, things don't go well um, mm-hmm. with the, with Nick Nurse as a coach, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of. I mean, I've read a lot of things that I like about the preseason and the training camp that they're having, and how Nick Nurse is kind of handling everything, and he's kind of taking the training wheels off the guys, giving them more opportunities to make decisions on their own and stuff. And I think that's really good in basketball you can see like obviously the Cleveland Cavaliers have done really well in the past with LeBron calling the shots and stuff so I think these guys deserve a little bit more freedom especially a guy like Kawhi who's a great distributor Uh, and then obviously Kyle Lowry too like that guy should be allowed to do more of what he wants out there you know and and open things up so uh, the way they've done practices too has been really interesting they have a lot of like competitive stuff going on a lot of like fun competitions where they have you know one-on-one tournaments and two-on-two tournaments and five-on-five tournaments and uh nurses always mashing up different lineups that don't really make sense to mash up just to try to get a feel for things that they want to try kind of later on in the season and i think that's really cool too um and uh i mean on september 21st they played earth wind and fire september uh, in the gym, blared aloud, and I mean, I'm on board with that. So, <laughs> I think I really like. Uh, I think Nick Nurse uh, is going to be fine, and I think this team's going to be really, really good. Um, I love that like Kawhi and Kyle played 19 minutes together, or whatever. Like they both played together, and uh, I just think that the the team's going to have so many different crazy, weird things about it, like offensively and defensively, that are just going to be so interesting. To watch when the the regular season rolls around because there, there's so much talent on the team. They're so deep. Defensively, like they might be the best friggin' team of all time. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like yeah. they they have the all the all the defensive potential in the world on that team right now. It's gonna be super interesting. And it's gonna be fun, and I think Kawhi's gonna enjoy playing with the guys. You know, and uh, he's having a guy like Danny Green around too is very good for for the whole team. Like he just seems like. Like, he was in that press conference, too, and he just seems like a, a gel guy, like a glue guy that's going to, like, bring that entire team together somehow. Yeah, I really liked Danny Green, yeah. and I think that was an underrated part of that deal, having him come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also, we've talked about this before, but I also feel like it made me feel a lot better when it came out that Danny Green was playing all year with a torn groin. Yeah. And uh, he and didn't the medical know. staff, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the San Antonio staff. Yeah, you know. I was like, oh, okay, cool. The Kawhi thing was not out of blown in proportion. He was right. They are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you feel about, like, how... Uh, I don't want to use the term butthurt, but how butthurt DeMar DeRozan still is about the trade. I think he's being a giant baby. Right. And, uh, like, I understand, but, like, him, like, posting, like, all black, like, Instagram stories where it's just, like, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a revenge Reven- yeah. dish best served cold. cold. And yeah, I'm like, like, really? Are you still going on with this, man? Know. Like, no one in Toronto hates you. No. Like, what's, who, I, like... 
I'm really sorry, Damar, but you're not better than Kawhi Leonard, and no. you should be able to acknowledge Ex- accept that. Accept that, yeah. And I'm really, and like, I don't, again, like, we've talked about the problems with Damar before, and oh, 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 we all liked him, and like, he's a really great guy, and committed to Toronto, and it's fantastic what he did for the Raptors in the city of Toronto, and the world of basketball. And he's gonna be good with the and Spurs. he's gonna be, I honestly think that he will be much better on the Spurs than he was on the Raptors. That's Probably. a much better situation for him. It's a system that caters more to his strengths when he's got a coach who's probably going to minimize most of his weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't get the, the, the butthurt thing. I don't uh-huh. know why he's so upset. I understand why he's upset. I just feel like he needs let to go. let it go a little yeah. bit. Like, have like a shred of dignity and a shred of professionalism yeah. and just be okay with what happened. Well, he's always been one of those guys that always gets like upset about, he always got upset about player rankings. Like every year Sports Illustrated would would call him like the 30th best player in basketball and he'd get offended by that and stuff. And I, and, I can almost understand that even because yeah, like that's outrageous. And that's <laughs> and that's fair, but that's and that's the kind of stuff that motivates him, right? So it like it it he's not I guarantee you he's not thrilled every time he hears that Kawhi is like a top five player in basketball and that's why they <laughs> traded for him and stuff and because he probably thinks he's a top five player in basketball, you know, and it's like Sure man. You're not <laughs> sorry. You know, you're maybe a top fifteen Tom Wilson, uh, blindside hit, uh, St. Louis Blues forward, Oscar Sundquist. In a preseason game that means literally nothing. So, not only, so he's been offered an in, uh, in-person hearing with the NHL. Which means at least three. like five or six it's, games, at It's least. minimum five plus. Yeah. So he's getting six games minimum. Yeah. And, uh... He probably is going to get much more. Because um, he's, he's a repeat offender, right? He had two suspensions in the preseason last year. Two. In the preseason, too? <laughs> what the hell? And did, it's not like you just signed a big money contract that it. everyone's laughing at. He was suspended and, for three games in the playoffs. The man has been suspended, has yet to... is This is now his second suspension, and he hasn't played a regular season game. Like, yeah. Like, I, don't know what, I don't know what to say. There is no bigger case. I mean... Rafi Torres wasn't this bad. Rafi Torres was the worst, and he's not even this bad. Yeah. Um, Matt Cook wasn't this bad. Like he's not, you're not even. It's not even. A, it's not like he's a young guy or like a. a I mean, he's twenty. Bottom, I mean he's twenty three. But yeah, like, but like, sorry, it's not. Uh, what I was gonna say is he's not fighting to make the team at this point. No, he just signed like a six year deal where he's making like five million a year or whatever. Something, whatever that stupid number is he signed for. Yeah, and he's it was still five and quarter or something. Yeah, That's and insane. he's still playing like. Like a, he scored a, thirty points last year. <laughs> he's still playing like an AHL guy. Like that's just trying to make his team. He's not even a fighter. That's like I, I mean, it's, it's anyways. I really do think that they need to throw the friggin' book at this guy. I what I've seen the play. Fifteen. I've seen the play. Minimum ten. And Sungfist. So here's the thing: is is that everybody was crying that it was a blindside hit and stuff. What I didn't know, I also was on board with it, and then someone pointed out to me. Um, Blindside hits were actually taken out of the rule book in 2010. It was taken out of the language. Um, headshots. It was put in. Taken. It was an. It was an actual rule by itself, but they couldn't give it concrete language to describe what a blindside hit was. It was tough to describe, and I feel like it would be hard to put into legal language. Wow. So they put it into guy skating forward. Other guy can't see you. You hit. Him. I know, but who's? Because <laughs> then it's like, well, why couldn't he see you? Like, if yeah. I'm skating forward but looking to my left. And you come straight at me. Is it my fault 
That I, it was a blind, like, is that a blindside hit if you're coming straight towards my shoulders? No, because I'm looking at you. Yeah, so I feel like that's really difficult for, um, to put into legal language. But anyways, blindside hits were taken out of, they were put into the headshot rules. Uh, the hit, um, the main point of contact isn't that important. Um, it's, it's the principal point of contact. And while he may have kind of hit him on the shoulder to shoulder, um, my problem is, is that he had already, like... The puck was closer to Tom Wilson than the player was. Yeah. And Tom Wilson didn't try to play the puck. And that's what's... Because he's an asshole. Yeah. he's good. This is what's going to crucify him, is that at no point did he try to play the puck. Yeah. Um, which is a problem in the sport of hockey. If you're not interested in... If you're only out there to kill someone, then you're not actually playing hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think this is what's going to screw him, but I don't think... I think that he should be getting 20-plus. Uh, I really think that there's a good chance he will get 20 plus. I also think that it will get appealed and it will get minimized, probably like 10, um, because because no one's gotten 20 unless they cut somebody uh, directly with a skate. No, uh, no, Rafi Torres got 26. Oh, okay. For the the launch through Marinos's face, right, and shattered his jaw. Right. Um, but Tom Wilson, like it was, he was coming from behind almost. It was dirty. It was intent to injure. It was a repeat offender. This is it's the a, perfect it, case. Like it's infuriating that he's still like, and even like Crosby came out tonight or, or yesterday or whatever, and and was was just like, that's what we expect from this this guy. You know, it's like that's he's done it before. These three, four game suspensions or whatever he's gotten in the past literally do nothing. Ten games will probably also do nothing. I guarantee you. Now his. Fifth game of the season, he'll do something questionable. Twenty games later, he'll do another thing questionable, and then it's like, what, what, like, what are we doing? Injuries in the NHL, unavoidable, but uh, certain certain types are avoidable. Other types of injuries: Earl Thomas hmm. broke his leg, and uh, he plays for the Seattle Seahawks. He's a, he's a, he's a safety, right? Yeah, 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 best safety in the league, probably. Yeah, breaks his leg. Uh, was holding out of practice uh, because he wanted to be paid more money, more guaranteed money yeah. out of his contract. Yeah. Which the Seahawks were not willing to give him. And then as he was fearing of, and I understand it, it's almost crazy to me that all NFL players don't have guaranteed contracts. And it's yeah. probably a large part of the reason why the NFL is so profitable. Yeah. Um, yeah, breaks his leg and is probably going to miss significant time. Yeah, the whole thing is insane to me. Like, I mean, Earl Thomas, I think he had, in his first three games this year, he had four interceptions, and he, like, was holding out of practice and not practicing at all. He was just playing games. It's like, clearly you're the best safety in the league, you know? And and uh, he's in the last year of his contract right now, and all he wanted was an extension. He's 29 years old. He knows that, you know, the next contract he signs was good, probably going to be the last one he signs in the NFL because he's a safety, and he'll probably only play until he's, like, 33, maybe 34, if that. And he just wanted to get his last pay, his last paycheck, right? And and he basically said to the Seahawks, you know, if you don't want to sign me, then trade me. And I'll get that contract from somebody else, you know? Like, he, he wanted to play for the Cowboys. The Chiefs, apparently, it came out today. The Kansas City Chiefs mm. were literally about to trade for him because Seattle finally dropped their asking price. And that Chiefs team with... With uh, Earl Thomas and eventually Eric Berry, both those guys, both the two of the best five safeties of the last probably ten years playing together in that secondary, 
would have been a joy for us to watch and as as defensive football fans, but it's devastating. It's it, it's like it's it sucks for these guys because their contracts aren't guaranteed, right? And it, um, he's still obviously going to get paid whatever money he's owed on his deal, but he's coming off a fractured leg. He's going to be thirty next year when he's signing his contract. Uh, the NFL is getting younger. Safeties are getting younger. You know, like safeties. If, if we learned anything from this off season, safeties just aren't valued that high anymore because the top three or four free agent safeties, like two of them didn't get signed and one just signed Eric Reed. And then the other ones were just signed basically as injury replacements at the beginning of the year. You know, like these guys are really, really great. And he didn't want that to happen to him. You know, probably wouldn't have because he's still Earl Thomas. Yeah. But he's 30. He's going to be coming off a broken leg now. So I guarantee you whatever extension he was going to sign would have given him at least you know, anywhere from eight to ten million dollars a year, and probably like thirty million guaranteed, which is exactly what he would have wanted. And now all of a sudden, that's all going to probably be cut in half because he's going to have to sign like a one-year prove-it contract with somebody like the Cowboys, and then maybe he gets a great deal or an extension uh, when he's like thirty-one, which is not very likely. So it's hard for these guys. They make the decision. He didn't want to practice because he didn't want to get hurt in practice. And he didn't want to put his body on the line because he knew the Seahawks were just kind of using him as like a you know a puzzle piece or a chess piece or whatever. Just like Le'Veon Bell, that's why he's holding it. It's the same thing. He's like, I don't want to touch the ball five hundred times if you know I'm not guaranteed to make any money after this year. You know, I don't want you to run me into the dirt. I'm twenty seven years old. Yeah, yeah. So the news has come out that it apparently was a clean break. Uh, so it, there wasn't like ligament damage or anything, which, which would be is the good. Ma- that would be a major concern for somebody yeah. like him because then it's sort of like what are the long term. Yeah, then he's slowing down. He's gonna have a bad knee, blah blah blah. But now it's that's good. That's good. News. I mean, they optimistically said that it'll 100% be ready for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, the Seahawks won't be like, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no. Uh, it'd be funny if a, tra- a team traded for him for that reason. But <laughs> um, uh, so he will be ready for free agency next year. But yeah, like you said, there is he he is probably looking at coming out and re-signing basically the same deal he already has. Uh, it, it, the number probably doesn't go up. It may in fact go down with the way the safety market is. Yeah. Um. So it's it's yeah it's difficult. It's insane. Still insane to me that NFL players don't get uh guaranteed deals i mean a lot of them are now structuring them that that, that way yeah um but yeah. It, it 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 seems like a huge failing by the nflpa uh yeah and it could that. lead to a lockout too yeah like all a, these a player leagues, side lockout, all these yeah. leagues are steering towards it right is is the players going on strike kind of thing yeah and they have to because they're so profitable it's it, it's bonkers yeah. how profitable all these things are yeah um because the other big lockout yeah like you said is, Le, is Leve on bell uh, yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers running back, um, you know, 500 plus touches, uh, is still holding out. It's now reporting that he's going to come back, uh, for the week seven. the bye week. Yeah. He'll come back to practice. Uh, it seems it seems like strange timing to me. I, I mean, it sounds like he really does want to play for the Steelers, um, because they were apparently now open to offers for him where before they weren't really listening. Yeah. And then after that, he said that he was willing to come back to the team. Um, he's already given up $3.41 million by not playing up to this point. That's a lot of money to give up, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I think like the timing makes sense to me because they played the Ravens last night and got destroyed by the Ravens, basically, and they only rushed for 19 yards. And it was like, okay, well, if he cared at all, like even in the slightest about his teammates, he looks at it like a beating like that, and he's like, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to start getting in shape and, and getting ready to play again because my teammates, he probably, I guarantee he doesn't give a shit about his team. But his teammates need him at this point. I don't know. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody like a Antonio Brown or a Ben Roethlisberger reached out to him after that game and were like, "Hey, man, like this is the perfect example as to why we friggin' need you." It would also be really funny if he came back practices and then didn't report to the week. <laughs> report, report the following week. Well, if I, I would do the same thing about Thomas did. I wouldn't practice. You know, I would just play in the games. Fuck it. You know. Yeah. Just playing the games. Don't risk like a stupid practice injury or whatever. Well, they were, I thought there were no contact practices. Uh, not always. But yeah, Mostly I understand though, your point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Watson, Deshaun Watson last year blew his knee in practice in a in a non contract drill. Right. Yeah. It's. I don't know. It's. It's tough. It's 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 hard to feel bad for these guys, uh, because of how much they risk, day in day out as they play. It's. It's a weird thing where a lot of people seem to side with sports teams because that's the loyalty that that's where your loyalty as a fan yeah. lies. You commit to a, a logo and a color, and uh, your players change all the time. But it should really probably be the opposite way. Hundred percent, I agree. Um, because you. these are the guys that are risking everything. Like, yeah. if, especially in football's case, like if their knee gets blown out, um, they're yeah. the ones that get screwed, and the the team just moves on from them. Yeah, right? the teams will cut you in like. And they won't even think twice about not it. Not to mention not. all the guys that don't make it, right? Like yeah. you, it is it, it is a weird, weird uh, position to be in. I don't know. But the, the billionaire white owners generally make a good amount of money regardless of whether or not you yeah. know their team's a winning team or whatever. So I side with the players every time in these things. And I think it boggles my mind that more players don't support these guys. We, we have talked about before about some of the things that were said about Le'Veon Bell by his own teammates, mm-hmm. including his own NFLPA rep. And uh, it, it, it was like, boggling. Just look at the game against the Ravens. It was the perfect example. Like Since Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have been on the same team, whenever the Ravens play them, they have to choose. They pick their poison, right? They stop one of them. And then the other one lights the Ravens up. And now Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, all the Ravens had to do was game plan for Antonio Brown, and they stopped him in the sense that he didn't, you know, gain 200 yards and score three touchdowns like he usually does against the Ravens. He only got like 67 yards and a touchdown or whatever. And there was no run game to speak of because the Ravens didn't, like, you know, they all they did was shut down the secondary. That's it. And then they could easily stop the run because Le'Veon Bell wasn't there. So it's like... Uh, it, it was. I think that was a, an awakening call for that whole team, you know. And once it gets back, the Steelers, as long as they can tread water for the next couple weeks, I think they're going to be fine because he's an all-world running back. Yeah, and they have a lot of weapons. Uh, yeah. They just need balance. That's all the team needs is balance, and once he's back, they have balance again. Uh, yeah, so, hope, I mean, if he comes back and he plays well, I mean, there's a very good chance that they are able to improve on their 1-2-1 one, and one record. Um, yeah. And possibly in that division comfortably make the playoffs, I would think. Yeah, um, the, the Steelers have, they have two winnable games coming up. Like, Atlanta's been, Atlanta's offense has been pretty good, but I think 
we would call them um, pretenders at this point because their defense is so bad. Yeah, so I, 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 that's what I want to talk about is we're quarter way through the season. Um, do you think who are the pretenders and who is real? Do you think as far as their performance goes? I think you do. You have a couple guys lined up, a couple teams that you want to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Uh, so I think like, it's been it's been a very interesting year. Um, last week. This weekend was not as interesting as the week before, but the week before, three of the best teams in the league lost in the same weekend, which is pretty wild. Like the ja- the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Patriots all lost, which is mm-hmm. crazy. So it's been a weird year, but but I think we're starting to kind of see separation a little bit, and we're starting to see which teams are real and which teams aren't real. Um, I think if we start with uh, pretenders, it makes sense. I think the easiest one to point out, obviously, after this weekend and, and the, the throttling they took in Chicago. Uh, was it in Chicago or was it in Tampa? It might even have been in Tampa. No, it was... Wait, no. What color? Who wears what? <laughs> is it white? White team is the home team, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's the no, other no, way around. It was, no, it was, it was in Chicago. It was in Chicago. It was in Chicago. Now I remember. Yeah, so it was in Chicago and uh, Chicago lit, lit up. The Bucks, forty-eight, ten, and all yeah, I think sudden, it was thirty-two-three at the yeah, half. Yeah, they scored. I think Trubisky had five touchdown passes in the first half, which was more than he had thrown all season. Yeah, yeah. so it was like that was wild. In, in that game right there, you have an obvious contender in the Chicago Bears. Like this was peak Chicago Bears right now. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going. Wait a to, minute, did you just say an obvious pretender in the Chicago Bears? No, an obvious contender. Oh, okay. In Chicago Bears. <laughs> I was like, and wait a an minute. obvious <laughs> pretender in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Like this was a game that this was like a separate the men from the boys game, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Bears defense just destroyed the Tampa Bay Bucks offense, which had been one of the better offenses in the league all season long up until that point, right? And now they finally played a defense that that is worth anything, and Khalil Mack kind of just punched him in the face and was like, hey. Guess what? <laughs> this is how football is supposed to be played, as opposed to these three defenses you played yeah. prior to us, as, which were all trash. As he has done to every team in yeah, every, every game. team he's played. <laughs> he's played in four games. He's got five sacks, four forced fumbles. I think I think his stats line is better than four defenses in the league. Probably like four. He's had more forced uh, forced fumbles and sacks than four, three or four different defenses. Yeah. In the league. So again, this is. I don't know. Tampa Bay kind of came out the gate. They won the first two games. They beat the Steelers. They beat the Eagles. You know, both those teams are kind of questionable at this point. The Eagles are looking a little bit better, but still they look beatable. So it's like you beat two teams that are only okay, and you got beat by teams that, like, the Bears are clearly better than them. Mm -hmm. And um, Oh, sorry. They beat the Steelers, or the Steelers beat them last week. Yes, they did by three points. Yeah, so that was my bad. But the Steelers are not that good. So they got beat by a team that's not that good. And then they got beat by the Bears, who's very good. So the Tampa Bay Bucks are, they're done, I think. <laughs> I, mean, I think so. At, right the half, at the half, they yeah. had switched from Ryan Fitzpatrick to James uh, yeah. Winston, because this was his first game back from a suspension. Yeah. Fuck you, James. And then and James just threw interceptions again, because he's yeah. James Winston. That's what he does. Yeah. I, and they play, like... So they have to play the AFC North, which is, like, the Ravens are, are good, the Bengals are good, the Steelers are, well, they've already played the Steelers, but the Browns are going to give them a run, probably, because the Browns are a lot better. So they play them, and then they obviously still have to play their entire division, which includes the Saints, who are pretty good, the Carolina Panthers, who are good, the Falcons, who defense sucks, but offense is very good, so they can probably win a shootout against the Bucks because they both have the same problem. So they are clearly pretenders to me. I think uh, Tampa Bay Bucks fans, as 
as their own coach Dirk Cutter put it after their game uh, yesterday. I think so. everyone we should be, we should on the fired. field should be fired, including me. Including I mean. me. I think he said me first. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking like if I'm the general manager, I'm like, yeah, we I'm should like, have fired you two years ago. Bro. I heard that and I was like. Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really bring attention to a subject you should probably want everybody to avoid. And never go into the media and dare your owner to fire you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was insane. Yeah. And uh, and in all honesty, if he's not fired halfway through the season, he'll be fired in the offseason because he's not a good coach. Um, so, yeah, I think that team's done. I think the Chicago Bears look like real contenders. But, again... That offense played a Tampa Bay Bucks defense that is trash. I don't think that that offense, not even I don't think that offense is not as good as it was. It, no, and it wasn't yeah, even that that's great the best, in that game. That, guarantee that's the best the offense plays all year. But if that offense even plays like 70% of that for most of their games, then they're a real contender. Well, that was the thing is when you were watching it is, is that at the half, like the Bears defense didn't need to keep them in the game the way that they have in the other games. Yeah. And it was like, but they still were. <laughs> yeah. Because there was just like, you guys don't need to win this game for us. And they were like, yeah, but we're still going <laughs> to. Yeah. No, it was one of those games where it was like, I'm sure if the Tampa Bay Bucks could have thrown in the, the towel at the half, then they would have. You know? Yeah. It should have just ended. But, uh, <laughs> but there were there were a couple, uh, a couple standard things like Tariq Cohen looked really good. Um He's a really small running back, um, but he looked really good in that game. Uh, the receivers looked really good. Trubisky spread the ball around a little bit more. It's still kind of concerning that Allen Robinson isn't getting um, the targets and the the receptions that he should be getting. Mm-hmm. You would think that he would be the, the go-to guy in that offense, but yeah. it doesn't seem to be that way. But, you know, the best – I think that's the, your best thing is if you spread the ball a little bit, but – yeah, that's the way that offense should play. Is is how they played on the weekend there. Like that's Mitch Trubisky at his best is when he's allowed to move around and he, like he's bootlegging, he's play action stuff. He's he's like I think he ran for sixty yards or something. Like he ran a lot in that mm-hmm. game, and it's that's when he's best is when he's on the run like that and he's setting up on the run. He's throwing on the run. He's finding the, the guys like Tariq Cohen open in the flats and and then just letting his playmakers do their thing. And that's when he. When people were like, oh, Trubisky's going to live up to this second round, the second overall pick, when they were saying that last year, it was after games where he was able to do that kind of stuff, where he's mm-hmm. moving around, right? And, and it's like, you need to game plan for your quarterback that way. And they, that was the first time all year where they did that stuff. You know? Yeah, and I, I, do you know what? I kind of think that that may have been the plan all along, is just to, to do, run this offense where he's going to be able to do these short passes, inc- increases... Uh, his success rate, um, build up his confidence, um, and then sort of take the training wheels off and see if he can do his thing, right? Yeah. And I think Alan, like the Alan Robinson's, like it's, it's going to be there. Um, you know, he's going to be a red zone guy. You know, maybe he's not as fast as he is and Trubisky's still kind of loose on the, he's not very good with the deep ball yet. And that kind of stuff comes with, with better, uh, better chemistry. So it'll be there. Um, Another pretender, I think, and this one was, again, another obvious game, uh, was the, the uh, Miami-New England. You know, uh, yeah. last week, New England lost, and and all of a sudden, you know, the world was falling, or the sky was falling, and people were like, oh, New England's done. And it's like, no, they're not. There's, New England starts slow every year. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, 
guarantee you the New England Patriots have never in their lives been worried about the Miami Dolphins. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like... I, I mean, going to this game, this is definitely the game that the New England Patriots is going to win and that kind of thing. Because Ryan Tannehill is still the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's not okay. <laughs> I don't know. And, like, he's played relatively okay this year, but like... They're a 3-0 team and they have no business being a 3-0 no, team. No, they beat trash teams... And people are just all over them, thinking that they're so good, you know? And it's like, like who did they beat? They beat Tennessee in, like, the longest game ever, or whatever, because it got interrupted by a hurricane, and they won that game, and that's, yeah. okay, good for you. Tennessee's a 3-1 and team. That's also kind of like, eh. And then uh, they beat the Jets, who had Sam Darnold at quarterback. I think I can win the Jets. Yeah, I think and, I can and the, Jets. the Jets are bad, you know? Yeah. The Jets are 1-3, and three, and Sam Darnold has been a pretty bad quarterback. Uh, and they beat the Oakland Raiders, who basically gave them the game in the fourth quarter because Oakland is another really bad team. They're a one and three team who just barely beat Cleveland. You know they shouldn't have beat Cleveland if it wasn't for the refs. So it's like, like that's again, if you have a favorable schedule early in the year, your team can look really, really good on paper. You know, and that's all good. There's a there's a case to be made for beating teams that you should beat. You know, I'm all about that. But when it comes down to it, the Miami Dolphins, not that good. Um, they have a game against Cincinnati coming up. The Bengals are 3-1. and one. They just barely squeaked out a game against the Falcons. Their defense looks kind of iffy, but they get Vontez Berfleck back. So I think the Bengals probably win that game. They got the Bears after that, and clearly the Bears will beat the Dolphins. Uh, they have Detroit, where they have a shot at. And then they Again, they have Detroit, Houston, the Jets, so... In the next, like, eight or nine weeks, the, the Dolphins are going to be in the playoff race. But it's, like, undeservedly because they're playing really bad teams. Yeah. You know, after this next two-game stretch. Yeah, I mean, the AFC East is a garbage division. Yeah. Uh, which is, which, yeah. The only other team, do you really think that the Bengals are a 3-1 team? Uh, I mean, the Bengals beat the Ravens, uh, and the Ravens are 3-1, and one, and they didn't just beat the Ravens, they kind of destroy the Ravens. So, I don't know. The, but the Bengals, like, again, they're a team. They don't look like a complete team right now. And and it all kind of rests on Andy Dalton, too, where it's like, mm-hmm. like if Andy Dalton has a bad game, which almost every other game is a bad game, then they lose, you know? So it's like, I, as a, a fan of kind of AFC North football and someone who kind of pays attention to the division more so than anything, I don't really believe in the Cincinnati Bengals. I think their 3-1 and record is solid. Um, they should have lost that game against the Atlanta Falcons yesterday, uh, or on Sunday, and uh, they kind of got lucky that the Falcons' defense is just so bad. So it's like, I don't know. To me, in order to be a, a legit contender, you have to be good on both sides of the ball, you know? Like, you can't just win a shootout every week. Yeah. You have to be able to stop a team from scoring. At some yeah, point. that's not. Uh, yeah, winning that way once once a game becomes a shootout, I almost feel like it's a coin toss about who's going to yeah, win it. Yeah, it's but. like it, who gets a who gets a, a penalty called at the right time, you know, and that's mm-hmm. and who misses. Like it, it always comes down to that. Like shootouts are, you can't learn anything from a shootout. Uh, other than seeing the Rams light up the Vikings on Thursday, you you learned a lot in that. And I think the I think the Rams are the the contender in the league right now. Like, the Rams looked unstoppable in that Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vikings looked okay, you know, but Kirk Cousins wasn't that good. It's because he's not very good. Yeah, so 
I still think that I still think the Vikings are contenders to a certain point. They've had a pretty. Uh, I mean, they should have beat the Bills, you know. Like they, yeah, they lost to a Rams team that's very good, but they lost to the Bills who are very bad. The Bills just got shut out by the Green Bay Packers, um, which again, Green Bay Packers. I don't know if they're a contender either. I think not with a not with a hamstrung Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that defense, is only going to get worse as the season. And a defense on. that's only okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't. And Randall Cobb's now hurt too. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's still like, like we're a quarter of the way through the season, and there looks like two teams that are. There's two teams that are going to meet in the in this. Um, I almost called it the Stanley Cup. There are two teams that are going to meet in the Super Bowl, and it's going to be the L.A. Rams and, and Earl Thomas. <laughs> yeah, the L.A. Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs with Earl Thomas somehow. Uh, um. Yeah. You know? No. It's uh, because both those teams look unstoppable. But again, I'm not sold on the Chiefs. I'm definitely sold on the Rams. Well, yeah, the Rams, the the Rams. There's a good reason to be sold on the Rams. Uh, he, the other team, like the, I don't think they. Do you think the Cowboys are this bad? I, I mean, they're, they're two and two, but are they this bad? Is Dak Prescott this bad? Dak Prescott's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're bad. And they, the only reason why they won this week is because they finally fed Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and and is Washington, is Washington a two and one team? <laughs> Should they be a two and one team? Uh, it's like yeah, that's a weird. Okay, I did not. I haven't watched any of the Washington games. Yeah. I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen any of them. But they have sixty four points for and forty four points against. Yeah, those sound like the most boring three games I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they beat. So they beat the Cardinals, which is a really bad football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they lost to the Colts, which is. Not a good football team. They're they're yeah. And they beat the Packers, which you know I don't know. It's like the 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 Washington is an interesting team because their like their defensive line is one of the best in football, and they can just take over and dominate games. Mm-hmm. And then they also have Adrian Peterson, who you know, future Hall of Fame running back Adrian Peterson, who somehow found will another, not die. <laughs> yeah, somehow found a, like a learn how to running back again. You know. Yeah. Like he was okay last year, and he was trashed the year before, and. You know, now it's like, oh man, he's been reborn because he has fresh legs or something. It's bizarre. So he can take over games. Yeah. So I wouldn't call him a contender yet, um, but that division's bad. So, you know, they could win that division. Um, I still think the Eagles and Carson Wentz are going to be the ones that win that division, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we're running, we're running short on time. Yeah. So I w- I'm going to acknowledge day 163 or game 163 in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was three three tiebreaker games today. Two. Two tiebreaker games. Yeah, today. there was one makeup game that they just canceled because both teams were eliminated, so they only played 161. <laughs> That's really embarrassing that you can do that in your sport. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, this is so weird. Um, that, and that's the reason they get to. Yeah, neither team's in contention, so they don't have to play this makeup game. It's like, well, don't, didn't one of them want to, like, whoever the home team was, didn't they want to make a little bit of money? That's from, Yeah, from that's interesting game? that they're just like, no, like, nobody would <laughs> Oh, and also, anyways. we're not refunding those tickets. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't I don't really have anything to say about those. Uh, so, we're going to move on to Sauce and Toss, but I'm just going to leave, uh, leave with this one factoid uh, before we move on to Sauce and Toss. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, who I think should probably win the MVP based on this stat alone. So if um, the New York Mets had scored four runs in each of De- Jacob DeGrom's starts, he would be 30-0. and 0. 
if they had scored three runs, he would have been twenty-five and one. If he had, if they had scored two, if they had only scored two runs in each of his starts, just two, which isn't a lot to ask. No, no, <laughs> they would have. He would have been twenty and six. <laughs> I think he finished the year with an ERA of uh, I think one seven eight. Yeah, something like that. It, uh, the futility. <laughs> so bad. I still think like again. We, I always talk about this, but this reminds me of Roy Halladay in his last couple of years with the Blue Jays, where he had like ten complete games and was losing games one nothing or two to one. It's like I think they should create a new award for baseball pitchers, <laughs> and every year it'd be called the Roy Halladay Award. Named posthumously for Roy, and it should just be given to the guy who pitches for a team that just doesn't support him at all, and and he's like phenomenal, like yeah. that. Like Jacob Degrom should have been thirty and zero. You know, it's reasonable to ask a baseball team to score four runs <laughs> a game. You yeah, know, that's reasonable. That's a that's an easy ask, you'd think. Mm-hmm. And and he would get that first ever Roy Halladay Award. All right. So after the break, soft and tossed. Welcome back to Sauce and Toss, and time for the main segment, everybody's favorite segment, Sauce and Toss. Uh, you should know the drill. Sauce is good, Toss is bad. Uh, just looking at some headlines from around the sports world. Brian, are you ready to Sauce and Toss? Hit me. Kyrie Irving of the Boston Celtics has apparently come out in a science uh, at a science conference and admitted that he is no longer a flat earther. Are you <laughs> saucing or tossing this? <laughs> I saw it. I feel I saw it because I feel bad for the guy. I'm glad he's coming out and saying that because I like if I were him, I'd be so angry that I have to answer the question every single because that's every press conference he ever has. Somebody probably asked him about flat earth. Yeah. You know, and I would be so sick of that by now if I were him. Because I think he was just trolling everybody to begin with. Mm-hmm. So for him to come out and admit it out of science and, and say it for the children, you know. <laughs> for the, think of the children, Gary. <laughs> for, for the children. Good. Sus. I mean, surprisingly, it hasn't, uh, you know, hurt his reputation in any way. Like, he's still, like, one of the best-selling shoes and probably one of the most popular uh, athletes in the NBA. Yeah. With that sort of opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also sousing it. So... Chris Davis of the Oakland Athletics was pinch hit in the final game of the year, uh, which is only interesting because it was his fourth year in a row of uh, hitting a two forty seven batting average. <laughs> That's wild. Are you are you saucing or tossing the decision to pull him out of the game in order to keep him at two forty seven? <laughs> That's tough. I don't know because he was also chasing fifty home runs. So I like. I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm Oakland and I'm him. I would want the chance to. I think he had a like. I don't think he had a shot at fifty. I think he was at like forty eight or something. So maybe that's why they they didn't give him that last chance to to hit number fifty. But um, if I'm him, I would have wanted to hit. Uh, I think it's awesome though. Like I love that. Like things like this happen in baseball all the time, and it's so weird, you know. And that's kind of the. The, what's great about baseball and the lore and the mystique that surrounds baseball is that things like this can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to hit two forty seven four years in a row is is wild and it's it's very interesting and funny. Um, if I were him, if I were him, I would have wanted a shot at a home run though. Yeah, they. I mean, they pulled him out of the game. Uh, he was at forty eight. Okay. He was at. They so he didn't have a chance at fifty. He had one more at bat probably in the season. 
Yeah. Uh, he was at 48, and he was 0-2 in the game. Okay. So, like, there was... There was I mean, it was more than just pulling him out. More than just like he's at two forty-seven. We gotta get him out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, there was a strategic reason. I'm, I'm, I am. Do you know what? If there wasn't a strategic reason, still saw a second. Ryan Johansson of the National Predators, uh, playing in the final preseason game for the Predators against the Carolina Hurricanes, scores an overtime goal and immediately skates off the ice, um, like through the Zamboni entrance. <laughs> Are you saucing or tossing that goal celebration? I sauce the celebration. I toss the fact that there's overtime in a preseason game. <laughs> like, that is the I mean, it's a full game. There. there has to be a... You play the full game. No. No. Like, the NFL, if two teams are tied at the end of regulation in the preseason, they don't play I'm sorry. Overtime. Football and overtime and tying and stuff is the dumbest fucking thing in the entire yeah, world. Ties are dumb. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I am. I am saucing. I am saucing both the celebration and the fact that Ron Johansson is as sick of NHL preseason as everybody else is. <laughs> um, uh, a Boston Red Sox fan um, catches the Giancar- or the John Carlos Santon uh, home run. I think over the. I think it was on the. No, no, it couldn't have been. Anyways, he catches it and in traditional oh, yeah. fashion throws... The, it was on the Green Monster. It was on the Green yeah. Monster. I thought it was. Uh, in traditional fashion, throws the ball back onto the field, but somehow manages to peg John Carlos yeah. in rounding second. <laughs> Are you saucing or tossing uh, the tradition of throwing the ball back? Oh, man, this is such a hard one. Um, because, so I, I love the tradition. You know, I think it's great. Um... But if you're a guy, like, it's not, it's like, what what's that, rookie of the year? Yeah. When Kevin or whatever, he, the 13-year-old kid, gets the, catches the home run, throws it back at Wrigley, and just throws, like, a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, and then gets a baseball contract out of it. Yeah. I love that, you know? Like, I like that's not going it. to happen. Right? I know, I know, but, like, for a guy... <laughs> I mean, it almost happened in For this a guy throw. to throw it from the top of the green box, and I get it, you're throwing from a monstrous wall, so, you like, it... That helps you throw the ball pretty far, but he must have thrown the hell out of that ball. Yeah, it was. So that's pretty cool. He hit him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but as a fan, you know, if I, if it was me and I caught that ball, I keep that ball, even if it's not my team. Oh yeah, you know? I'm, so I'm, that's like it's so it's hard. Like I love it. I wouldn't do it. We're all saucing the throw. The throw was yeah. incredible. I loved the fact that after Giancarlo got hit, he like saluted the guy like as after he got hit he like looked up and then like kind of like, tipped his hat because <laughs> yeah. like good throw it was man. a damn good throw um but yeah i'm i'm tossing the idea of throwing the balls back like i understand i get like the whole thing but like this is where even relating back to like being a fan of the players instead of teams like yeah. what john carlos and regardless of how many times he does it in a season what he did was incredible and i yeah. feel like Holding on to that baseball is is that's a damn cool souvenir. Man, even if, if it's like if it's a Yankees Red Sox game, I get it. Like you hate these guys so much, but like you just caught a home run ball. That's cool <laughs> as shit. Yeah, put that on your mantle. You yeah, know? like that's I would that would be my most prized possession for the rest of my life. I think would have been that ball. You know, like that's crazy to me. And the final sauce and tossed topic. So I'm so glad that this happened. Uh, I'm so, I was like ecstatic when that this happened. Uh, Russell Martin, oh, yeah. <laughs> player manager. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saucing the fact that Gibbons didn't show up to his final game <laughs> for the Toronto Blue Jays, and instead Russell Martin was the player coach, manager, whatever you want to call him. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm saucing it so hard. I loved it so much. I sauced it for sure because it's just like like when you give two weeks at a job you don't really like anymore, and you're just like, man, I don't want to show up for those two weeks. That's kind of what John Gibbons just did. He's like, yeah, I don't really want to do did, anything. There was there. Oh, I resigned. Man, it was so good. Uh, yeah, John Gibbons. I mean, like he didn't resign, but he's not coming back or whatever. I mean, we've talked a lot about what the Blue Jays should do with John Gibbons and that sort of thing, and I think I, I know I was pretty harshly in the camp that they should just let him go. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And you were also in that. Um, but uh, it was really funny to hear Russell Barton talk about it, and they're like, "You didn't want Gibbons here, like during your uh, during your first stint as as manager." And he said, "No, I said it was my uh, Gibbons." They asked Gibbons, "That's what it was." And Gibbons said, no, it, it was his show. I wanted him to have, like, full <laughs> control over it. And, like, watching clips of Martin walking up to the, the, the umpires and stuff and, like, having such, like, a, a fun time doing it, I was so excited. And I'm like, just let him be the manager next year, man. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> like, next year's Magic? probably going to be a, wa- a wash anyways. Just yeah. do it again. Let him do it. <laughs> let him, let him, he's not going to retire because he's making a ton of money to do nothing. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that, that does it for this week. Uh, I have had a, I published a few things this week on the 10 day, uh, did a thing about mascots, did a thing about the redemption of Jonathan Taves. Um, but this week I will be publishing my, uh, NHL previews, what's going to happen or what I think is going to happen. And we all know how wrong he was. In the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So, now it's just, it's important to get it in writing now. Yeah. So <laughs> now, now we get to see, uh, we get to see how wrong he's going to be throughout the year, you know? So read that. So, uh, I've been Smitty. You can find me on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. And I've been Brian. You can find me on Twitter at BriRead11. And you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram at SauceTossPod. It's been nice saucing. And also... Tossing, which, yeah... <laughs> It's really hard for two people. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I would feel no remorse killing that dog. <laughs> You're very dumb looking. He looks kind of like just between the eyes. Oscar, <laughs>